Today's guest is somebody who has learned her way, literally learned her way up in our business. She has so far already had an amazing career. And as we will talk about, it looks to me, at least from my perspective, like she bent her career in the direction of teaching others, lifting people up and focusing attention where it can be most productive. This, by the way, is exactly the kind of individual that we invented this program for, this program that we call the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast. To enjoy our episodes, you only need to be interested in others, want to grab some thoughts, some wisdom about how others are being successful in radio right now. Welcome to the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast. What you're about to hear will be focused on lifting you up, giving you good advice, hearing the stories of an amazing radio pro, and uncovering the path forward in radio right now. My name is Lloyd Ford with Rainmaker Pathway Consulting Works. We provide affordable help for local broadcasters looking to make more money. We are branding specialists who help our clients fully develop the right position for their local radio market, coach local morning shows and other talents, design and execute station architecture, provide weekly music updates, and even produce daily music logs if you need that. We provide excellent voice trackers if needed, sales and promotional ideas that actually move the revenue needle and a lot more. We're confidential and market exclusive for radio. If you have a problem that gets in the way of that next level of revenue, well, reach out anytime, F-O-R-D at RainmakerPathway.com. Our thanks to Joe Kelly for producing our podcast events and Just Joe Productions for creating our audio footprint and distributing them. We are only about a minute or a minute and a half maybe away from talking with Katie Reed. She's the vice president and market manager for Bonneville in Denver. See our full guest calendar list, everything we got going on all the way into December. I think we're in the middle of December right now with our scheduling on our free blog section at rainmakerpathway.com. We don't lock away anything on our site the way some other consultants do. We do this because we believe in this theory of abundance. Ask me about it. Sometimes I'll be glad to share. Go to rainmakerpathway.com anytime. See what you can get for free from our team. Katie, welcome to the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast. How are you? I'm good, thanks, and thank you for having me. I'm pretty excited to have you here. Uh, I, I don't always know my guest in advance, but I do know you, and it makes it even more exciting for me because I know what kind of a quality individual you are. My first question in no way makes it look like you are headed to the world of radio sales in the 1980s. College of Charleston, you, Bachelor of Science, Business. Tell us about you and this time in your life in Charleston. Sure. So, I mean, honestly, it was a time that um, I had no clue who I was um, mm -hmm. or what I wanted to do. Uh, the fact of the matter is I actually went to the College of Charleston because I thought I wanted to be an occupational therapist. Um, and uh, I quickly learned um, when I had to go to the gross anatomy lab and a burn victim, <laughs> a burn unit, that that was Ooh. not going to work for my personality. 
Um, and so I think the following week I changed my major to business and uh, my parents had a complete meltdown. <laughs> By the way, all this makes me like you more because I think I would have made a similar decision in some way or another. Listen, yes. I do want to talk about the beginning. Tell us how you first came in contact with radio mm -hmm. and specifically radio sales. Yeah. So uh, it was very interesting. I left Charleston and went um, back to Philadelphia after I graduated. Um, and I was actually working at one of my dad's companies. And I was, um, it was a direct mail fulfillment. And honestly, um, I was bored stiffless. Uh, and it was just not a great job. Um, and I knew somebody that was in radio. Um, and they just loved it and had so much fun. And they also said, there's no way you're getting a sales job, a rookie sales job in Philadelphia, um, never having sold right. radio. Uh, so as you know, as, as this world goes, um, at the time, my brother-in-law was a general manager of a mall outside of Philadelphia. His marketing director's husband was a GM of a radio station in Philadelphia. And she said, listen, he doesn't have any openings, but you should at least talk to him and he could, you know, see if you're a good fit and he could, you know, open doors for you, et cetera. And so I did, I met with him and we had a great conversation and um, he was like, you would be great in this industry. And I know a station that is flipping formats and they're looking for people and I will introduce you to her. And so I got the introduction and to the GM. Um, and I started soon after that. I mean, it was right time, right place, really lucky. Mm. All right. Well, speaking of luck, listen, the last time I can tell that you were in AE was mm -hmm. in Charlotte. Did working there inspire you to jump to Atlanta and to a GSM position? So I, I was in sales in Charlotte for a couple of years, and then they moved me into an LSM position. Okay. Um, and, you know, honestly, I did not want to take that role at first. I was really happy in sales and loving my life. Um, and then I got about two or three conversations in. Um, I was finally told, no, nope, this is what you're going to do. <laughs> uh, and so I did it. Um, and I was, I was there for a couple of years in that position. Uh, and again, uh, we had a sales assistant who I had convinced to go into uh, sales because she had all the talent, but none of the self-confidence. And she did. And she had a very successful run in uh, Charlotte. Her husband got transferred to Atlanta and uh, I helped her open some doors so she ended up um, getting a sales job with Cox at the time. And unbeknownst to her, when she was doing interviews with different GMs, they asked her, tell me about your previous manager. What she didn't know was they were literally filling a talent bank and seeing it, what referral she had, basically. And so I'll never forget, she called me. She was almost in tears. She was like, you're going to kill me. I didn't mean to give your name this way but I gave your name. They're looking for a general sales manager and they're going to call you. And I was like, Oh no. Um, and that's, that's how that door opened. Uh, well, no, wait, there's a couple of ways you could look at that yeah. first in the left hand. I will say no good deed goes unpunished. 
<laughs> and in the right hand, and this is what I want us to focus on. This is what we focus on on the podcast and in my practice as well. In the right hand, it works like this. When you help other people, it often ends up helping you. Yeah. So was the Atlanta thing, the, the look, a, a management job, you, you had that L, LSM, uh, uh, mm-hmm. but, but you then moved to general sales manager in Atlanta. That, that's a leap. It was, was a huge, that adjustment like? It was a huge leap and it was extremely intimidating. Um, in all honesty, I was in a, um, you know, a company that is obviously incredibly well-respected. You had the corporate office and the family in the backyard. Um, mm. I walked into incredible brands of a, you know, WSBAM and WSBFM and such. And those managers had been sitting at that table for a very long time. So, um, and all males, by the way. So I I definitely came in going, oh boy, this is a big leap. Um, With that said, uh, they also have, you know, they had an incredible culture. Uh, It was an incredible opportunity to learn from really good leaders. Uh, They use Center for Sales Strategy. And so, you know, to have that foundation and that training, it really sets you up for success. Well, I'm scratching my head because as we wander down through your life to get to where you are now, it's interesting how good fortune, good luck, whatever you want to call it, that word culture, you work for some companies with some really great culture. Listen, you went to work for Cox Radio. Uh, in Atlanta, uh, WBTS, correct? Correct. After after three years, you jumped to 99X and Q100 FM and Susquehanna. Mm -hmm. Now, you're still in sales management. Was there a big difference between those companies and how about the brands? So, yes, it's, it's fascinating. They were both incredible companies, obviously, with amazing culture. The difference was there were two differences. One, the brands were so big at Susquehanna. And the second was though the culture was great at both places. Susquehanna, you got to really just design your own plan. It was a little more cookie cutter at the time when I left Cox for BTS, right? Mm. Um, And so this was definitely kind of that next, just a a learning experience in the sense of the events that they put on, the brands, uh, incredible personalities over there. Um, And again, not the cookie cutter. It was really yours to um, come up with ideas, uh, to innovate and to run hard. I was gonna say every step with you seems to be another level of education and your approach to it seems to be that as well. It 100%, when I look back and at times I go, oh no, you know, is, is this the right thing? Or if a door closed, it, but when I look back now, everything in my career absolutely happened for a reason. And I was always surrounded with really good people. Well, look, today, and we are going to get to today uh, for those that are listening, uh, but I want to say this to you. Uh, I, I think people will find this fascinating. Have you worried about different career decisions and and different things that you've said yes to? Uh, y- yes, and I've worried about things I have said no to. Um, 
but I, mine has been, um, and I hate to admit this, but it's the truth. Uh, it, I'm not so sure I had belief in myself that others had around me. And so I'm fortunate that I had some strong people around me to give me the little push that I needed to say, yes, you absolutely can do this. And here's why. It made me feel good that I, when I met you the first time, I absolutely was one of those believers. Listen, did Center for Sales Strategy steal you away from Atlanta radio stations? What happened there? Was that? Uh, what know? happened there is the Susquehanna no longer owns Susquehanna. <laughs> oh, I remember that. Yeah. And somebody else bought them. And let's just say, as you've heard me talk about culture, Yes. Um, that was not a great culture fit for me. <laughs> mm. I was going to ask you, I was like, I was sitting here thinking, gosh, do I say something to her where I ask her, have you ever been in a situation where you inherited bad culture, you know, but now we don't have to talk about that. So. That's right. That's right. All right. So, so, so listen, I noticed that, that this position for you is a very interesting one because when I saw this in your resume, and I didn't look at your official resume, but you know, I've done a little research. <laughs> when I saw this, I kind of lit up and I went, oh my God, this is a turn, Center yeah. for Sales Strategy. Tell us about what it is about training and developing sales managers and, and sellers that you like so much. So this is definitely a, a turning point in, in my career. And again, the next challenge and learning curve um, I believe in so much of what the culture was of both of those companies. And, and again, CSS was the foundation of both of those sales cultures too. Um, that to me, it is all about how do you make other people better? Yes. How do you, how do you take what you're doing and, and help others? I have a, you know, you talk about, you know, what's your, what's your superpower? What's your secret? Um, I can observe really well and know where someone is either not feeling comfortable, not believing in what's going on, maybe over their head, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. And so I, I do feel as if that was a way to really focus in on that and observe even better and learn how to help people differently because everybody is, you know, needs coaching in a different way. Um, or that is very true. If you have needs, kids, you know, yeah, that's true. Yeah. It needs to see it in a different way. Maybe you need to ask different questions for them. Um, and so that, that was a, and again, I would say that was a intimidating position going into, because I was also with that you're dealing with general managers. I had not been a general manager, right? but I'm, I'm having to help them in their sales organizations and having those real, you know, transparent, direct conversations on what's good and what's bad. Well, that had to transform your confidence too, as you're starting to deal with all different general managers. And if you're, you're like I am, you know, when I started dealing with program directors and general managers, you find out that they're not all at the same level, even if they're in a super monster market, right? Right. Absolutely. And that's a shocker, isn't it? When you first <laughs> learn that? It is. And, you know, the other interesting thing was I was a bit in a bubble, I would say, prior to because I only knew those two companies, right? Cox in the management role, Cox and Susquehanna. Well, let's um, just so, be honest. They just about ruined you, those two companies. 
because I mean, once you've had that kind of culture, right, where do right. you step next? Right. It's, I mean, it's hard. I mean, you're, you're definitely, yeah, that is correct. Um, so working with other companies was very interesting to, mm. um, to see the difference in, in talent and again, culture and experiences and what was important to people. Well, I noticed that you stayed in Atlanta mm-hmm. with your next two positions, mm-hmm. WSRV is GSM. And then there's this holy grail of a title, goodness, <laughs> uh, Executive Director of Revenue. Hmm, wonder what that job's about. Can you tell us about that job? Sure. So um, we stayed in Atlanta. This was one of the, the comments I made earlier on the things I said no to. Um, you know, when the bottom fell out in 2009, um, we had to make some decisions and I had some really good opportunities for the big titles in different cities, DOS, whatever. Um, but we, uh, we adopted two girls from Latvia at ages nine and 11. And the worst thing we could have done for them is to disrupt them again. Um, and that's obviously through therapy and talking to various people. And so we made the decision to stay in Atlanta. And I actually, in some ways went backwards in my career. Um, I took an LSM and then it was the GSM position, um, with, uh, with the river, but it was important to me to be again with a good company. Um, I, I knew Cox, obviously I was comfortable there. Um, I respected the organization and again, it's just what we needed to do for our family at that time. You Um, never, ever, ever have a bad time investing in your family. No, no, definitely not. Um, and I have no regrets. I have no regrets of what didn't happen and all those things. Um, so then this role became uh, available, you know, uh, it's when really CMG was coming under one umbrella, meaning the radio, the TV, the newspaper. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's funny because honestly, that role in CSS completely helped me with that position Um, because it it morphed many times over the years, depending on who I was reporting to in all honesty. Um, But it was, it was, all about helping the markets drive revenue. And and it was both in radio, I dabbled in TV um, and I worked with the newspapers too. So it it was, I mean, that was was a serious learning curve. Um, And a fun job, I'm sure. It is a fun job, Lloyd, but I will tell you, it's also a, it's a, it's a job that you feel like, am I really making a difference? Because you're not really in charge, right? You're influencing people. Yes. Um, I know. I know about that job. Yes, exactly. But if you, if if I say to a market, Hey, your sales organization should be doing X, Y, Z. And I walk out the door, who knows if it's happening or not. (laughs) Right. Right. um, And, And sometimes you have to be at peace with that, right? That's the, that's that consultative thing. You're yeah. there to serve them and you can't make them do it. No, you can't. Um, but it's it's sometimes not a great, um, I, I wanted more accountability. That might sound odd. Um, and no. so that was that kind of, there was something empty still. Um, even well, this though it was seems, a great job. This, 
this seems like the greatest time to ask this question. Um, I want to talk about work-life balance. Oh, no, I did it. There it is. Are you good at this? And can you give us a few tips? I'm not good at it, if you want to know the truth. (laughs) Well, I love Um, honesty. I think I've gotten better at it when I had the girls. Um, but until we had the girls, I would say I was pretty bad at it. And I have to really, you have to really, um, schedule it, so to speak. I mean, you have to really be thoughtful about it. Uh, otherwise it can get away from you. And, you know, I had somebody I reported to, which I thought this was so brilliant and it's not necessarily the work-life balance, but it's still really important. And that was, he would have a scheduled time to get out of the office and just a day by yourself to go with strategy, sit with strategy, right? And smart. what are you doing? Get away from the everyday activity. And, and I think that's the same thing now. You have to, you know, really be thoughtful um, on that work-life balance. Well, and listen, if, if you're being thoughtful and you're doing that, the chances are your competitors are not. Right. And you know what? That's going to make you stronger. It's going to make you a better contributor to what's going on. This is where we talk about <clears throat> disruption. Uh-oh. So, uh, hello, you moved to Florida. Cox Media Group moved you to become the VP and GM of the group in Jacksonville. Was that a big transition? I mean, look, you talked about coming back to them. You talked about having this hunger or this need for something additional. You didn't say this. They knew you too. Not not just that you knew them, but they knew you. And now look, they put you in a VPGM role. Yeah. So uh that was a I mean, I feel like a broken record here, but once again, I was like, oh my gosh, what are we doing? Um, <laughs> you know, can I do this job? What what are we getting ourselves into? Or, you know, finally moving. We were at a place where we could move. Um And it was just, you know, the fear of the unknown is the best way of saying it. Um, But I, again, you know, between Kim Guthrie and and Bill Hendrick, there was a lot of faith in me on what I could do. And um, they had no questions. (laughs) I just (laughs) had my arms around it. I mean, I would tell you, you know how radio can work sometimes. We were moving offices and we had a lot of transition happening um, in in the corporate level. And uh, Bill came in my office on a Friday and said, can you come see me for a minute? I was like, sure. He was like, um, you are going to be getting on a plane and going to Jacksonville on Sunday. I was like, excuse me? And he was like, uh, you're going to start on Monday. <laughs> Now, I knew they had been talking about this position, but not like this quickly. Um, And so I, it literally happened that quickly. Well, you know, radio is a fast business. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Buckle up. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. So listen, I'm going to sneak this in there. What's it like working for Katie Reed? Um, What is it like? So I think I think people have a hard time reading me in the beginning uh, because I observe a lot. I don't really say much in the beginning. Um, And just because, you know, especially coming here to a new company, of course, I'm not going to just come in and, you know, do it, do it Katie's way. 
But I think once people get to know me, they realize that I'm a good partner, that I will roll up my sleeves, that I really care about them, um, that I care about the organization, um, that culture and and how we act is really important to me. Yes. Um, and that I definitely like to win. <laughs> oh, you threw that in there. I like that. Look, here's a quote about working for you. Ready? Okay. Katie is a dynamic leader with a unique ability to identify, cultivate, and grow talented sales professionals. In the early stages of my career, I questioned my ability, my choices, and my place within the sales organization. Katie saw my potential, recruited me to work for her at 97.1 The River, where I ultimately thrived and rose to the top, earning salesperson of the month multiple times. Here's what I want to know. What is important for managers to do if they really want to invest in developing that sales talent, Katie? Well, they have to get to know the sales person. They have right. to build that relationship. They have to know um, what that seller is really good at and let them go. And they need to know what obstacles get in their way, whether it's themselves or something else, something that they don't know how to do. And you have to help them through that, um, whether it's coaching them differently, whether it's what whatever it might be, it, it is really important to the, this particular person. Um, I will tell you, she used to get super frustrated um, and it ended up we really had to kind of dive into that of like what frustrates you. And it was when people made her feel stupid. Hmm. And so we we really, I mean, it, once she figured that out, that they're, they really weren't, it was just, that was an internal feeling, things changed for her. And she, you know, really had a, I would say, a um, she stood a little taller. She thought her ideas were better. Um, she would let people help her more. Uh, it was It was really interesting. But I do think that that's really important to, really understand what makes that person tick she and how blossomed. to She blossomed, right? Yes. Huh. Do you have a mentor in our business or in your personal life or both? So if you do, mm-hmm. would you please share just one story or an idea where they m- might have changed your life? Yep. Um, 100%. So it, I do have a mentor for work and um, that observation that I told you about that I do also comes off as I am weak or I won't talk up at a meeting. I let others talk instead of me. Well, I'll be very honest. I have been sitting around tables a long time where people just have to talk to be heard. And that is not impressive to me. And so I will speak up when I feel like I really have something to contribute, but she pointed out that I looked like a weak link. And so she would force me, even if she called on me and I, if I wasn't talking at first, she would call on me to, to make sure that people knew I had very good thoughts. Um, and that and it you was, had a voice, right? And that I had a voice. And it was very interesting because I get, I got the perception. I was like, mm, that does make a lot of sense. Um, I never obviously saw it that way, but I'm really glad that we had that, transparency and relationship that she could she could point that out and who was that person 
that would be Miss Kim Guffrey. Ah, not a bad mentor, right? <laughs> so listen, uh, tell us about your stations in Denver. And, and, and also throw this in there. How do you like the big move west? So the big move west is, um, it's exciting. I mean, we yeah. loved, loved, loved Florida. Um, we were in Ponte Vedra Beach and uh, I mean, we loved it. I didn't think we would leave there. Um, but you know what, when you get a call um, from a company like Bonneville and then you realize it's for Denver um, and then you yeah. know it's the three brands that they are here, um, you take the call and <laughs> you definitely, you know, start talking. There's not a lot of cities uh, my husband and I said that we would want to move to, but Denver, listen, we love the lifestyle and it's a, an adventure and why not? Mm -hmm. And your stations there, tell us the about station, them. They're, they're three incredible brands. I mean, I'm extremely fortunate um, to have these brands and it's also obviously a huge responsibility um, to to grow them even more, to make sure that we are, you know, I feel so much responsibility to back to the company, um, to the employees here, to uh, the community. Uh, there's, it, it, it definitely, um, I think that's the best way for me to say it, the, the amount of, of responsibility I feel like I owe others for being here is huge. And it's interesting, you work for a company that believes all those things and believes that they are responsible to their employees, too. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people, I mean, when you said that is a call that you return, <laughs> <laughs> we all understand that. Listen, I read this about you and specifically about your goals. And this is, I swear, there, there are a lot of things to like about you, but this one, okay, this one is the one that really got me. I think this is so good for anybody in management to hear and to spend a little time with. I'm going to ask you to break it down for us as well. So you ready? Mm -hmm. Here's the quote. My goal is to be transparent, communicate often, remove obstacles, and cultivate a culture where every employee is challenged and motivated to do their best. In return, we will create amazing experiences for our listeners, advertisers, and community while having an engaged and winning team. I love managers who understand and value experiences, culture, and removing obstacles, Katie. Tell us more and break that down for us. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, okay. Um, where to start? So... I start everything with, and I told the folks here, I mean, they, I probably say it to a nauseam at times of I'm very transparent, I'm very direct. So I came in here again, new company, new city, new everything. Um, and I didn't do anything for the first 90 days, but talk to every employee in this building. Right. Um, whether it was part-time, full-time, doesn't matter on same, same five questions, um, what's going well, what could we be doing better, et cetera, et cetera. Cause I wanted to hear, I, I wanted to hear where the opportunities were. 
I wanted to hear where we were stumbling. Keep in mind, we're still coming out of COVID. Um, they had a beloved GM here uh, who was, you know, in this market for 40 some years. And so that's a lot. No um, and right. Um, and so that I believe that I believe you have to communicate. I, I probably tell people more than they need to know, but um, I think it's really important for them to understand the why behind we're doing things. Yes. Um, I think it's important for them to, you know, hear things from my mouth or our manager's mouth versus on the streets. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll never forget even being in sales. And I always felt like um, the programming part of our business was such a secret. And it's like, we're selling it. So can't, can you let us behind the curtain a little bit? Can't we be part of the secret? <laughs> right. Um, and so I think that that's really important. You know, the, the culture part to me is everything. Because yes. if you don't have that, you you just have people that are working and they might not even be working to the same goal or vision. Um, and, and I think that's an opportunity we have here right now. Um, I just had our department head today. I'm reading the book. I don't know if you've heard of it, The Power of Moments. Yes. Uh, and that to me is critical that we're finding those peaks for for folks on a daily basis. And I am not talking about the monthly recognition, the fine. I'm talking about really creating a culture here that even if we're having a bad time in fourth quarter or going into first quarter, that we're gonna work hard and we're gonna get there, but we're gonna do it the right way. And we're still gonna make people feel really good about what they're doing. Yes. Um, you, know, you know, I, um, uh, I always heard, and I'm a big strategy guy. I love strategy have since I was six years old. I always heard that culture eats strategy for breakfast. Mm -hmm. I never, ever believed that until I experienced it firsthand. Yeah. <laughs> and once you experience it, you understand how to value culture at the level it needs to be valued. Agreed. Agreed. But one hundred percent. It's I think to me it's it's a huge priority in in what I think about on a daily basis. I love that you as a part of that sentence, and I'm just going to go back to just a couple of things here. You outlined we will create amazing experiences. Those words within themselves. I mean, that's where the value of our business comes from. Mm -hmm. And I think it's amazing that you put that in a statement like that because it shows great vision for where we must go. Right. And I think for a lot of radio stations, unfortunately, I think those creating those amazing experiences, I think especially people become puzzled about younger demos and why are they not reacting and all this. And the truth is they have a lot of different experiences and radio may not be a great one for them. Mm -hmm. Whose fault is that? It's not their fault. No, no. And I think that that's the other part that's important right now. Again, I talk about, you know, things just still aren't the same since COVID, which is unfortunate. And so we, we have to work a little harder on on communication, on yes. you, know, you, you lost the organic ideas that are generated by walking in the halls these days. 
Um, We have a lot more people here than I think some of my competitors do, Uh, but it doesn't make it that it it, it doesn't solve all things. And it just means I think we have to work harder because it does make me nervous of what other advertisers, listeners, community, what, what are their experiences with some of our, you know, big app, our big competitors that are a little skinnier. That's right. That's right. And, and that does impact everybody Yeah. when there's so much widespread, um, what is the right way to say it? Trying not to lose versus trying to win. Right. Let's talk about development of sales talent. What makes that difficult or do you find that difficult in recruiting and developing the right sales talent today, Katie? It's hard. Um, It's really hard. I think that, you know, part of the problem is now we've gotten a little better here in how we do it. But if you think about the demands of a seller in our industry, it is ridiculous. We ask them to prospect and find to do the CNAs, to come up with the solutions, to then sell it and execute it and resell again. I mean, I don't know any other business that has to do all of those steps of one person. I mean, that we, we wonder why it's hard to find people. That takes some serious talent, those that are really, really good. Um, wow. We're getting a little better in the sense that um, we've now taken off some of the responsibilities on our account executives and we have account managers that that do more. But um, so you can you can slice up those talents of, okay now what is an account executive really need to be good at um, versus an account manager. And so you're you know, it's it's a little less daunting, um, but it's still hard because we have so many more competitors. Um, this job is not easy. You know, I, I think back, I kind of laugh when I think that uh, you used to have one station to sell. Yeah, that right. And that was just one station. Now you've got, you know, depending on what market, where you are, three stations, eight stations, all these digital products, um, you know, and this event, that event. I mean, it's, we, oh, we yeah. ask for a lot. Did you just say that you have hunter gatherers and also managers, two different sets of, right? Is that what I heard? Yeah, we have account managers and account executives. That's correct. Okay. Okay. So look, every single week we do this with our guest, and I need to say that there's no pressure in this question. I promise you. Okay. No one knows the future. This is true. If you tell me that you know the future, I'm just, no. I know nobody knows the future, but you know I'm going to ask anyway, because I'm a very curious fellow. So what do you say? In other words, what do you think the future of radio looks like to you from where you're sitting right now? Ugh, I do hate that question, Lloyd. <laughs> do you really? Yes. Um, listen, it's it's hard. To, you know, I can be in this bubble and I can uh, feel confident on what we're doing here at, at Bonneville, right? And just the direction we're going. And obviously, we talk about the digital products and it's all about marketing and all these things. But, you know, it it it's not just about us and it's about the bigger companies too. And, um, 
it's, you know, it's not, it doesn't give you a, a lot of great confidence when you read some of the trades of what's happening with the, the odysseys, the iHearts, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wish that we would all work better together <laughs> as crazy mm. as that sounds. Um, because I think that the, if, if we had the vision together, it sure would feel stronger to me than everybody doing their one-offs. Um, do you it, sometimes feel like they're not in the business that you and I are in? Yeah, I mean, I, but I think mm-hmm. I think that that's true. I mean, you think that where their initiatives are um, and and what's happening, I mean, we're all about local and live. Right. Um, and we mean that and we are here. And I think that that's really critical, um, again, to to the advertisers, to the community, et cetera. But not every market can say that. Uh, and oh, they, oh, they can say it. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> oh, can they say it? <laughs> That's fair enough. Uh, and so, you know, I think that, uh, listen, I think everybody knows that um, we have a strong medium still. I, you know, I, I look back at a couple things we've done this year that is only on KYGO and it was packed. Um, and so we still make a difference. Uh, we can still help businesses grow and that's what we need to focus on. Uh, we need to stay relevant. We need to continue, you know, to be local, but our job truly is to help our, our customers grow their business. Yes. And we can still do that very effectively. It's interesting, you know, the radio is dead movement uh, doesn't take into consideration the hundreds of millions of dollars that radio generates in helping others, not not just the money that we're generating for radio, for the radio industry and to pay debt in a lot of situations, but also, you know, whether it's Children's Miracle Network or it's St. Jude or some other organization, uh, radio is powerful. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes our story gets muddled up by us. Yeah. Katie, I I just want to thank you for making this much time for us today in that very serious job that you have. And I'm so excited for you. And it is very clear from just having this conversation with you, why you were hired in Denver, why you were hired by Bonneville, and what a great job you're going to do there. Thank you for being our guest today. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. And it was it was good to talk to you for sure. Get more free resources to help your sellers, by the way, with our encouraging sales success series inside our free blog at RainmakerPathway.com anytime. We're here to encourage radio pros at all levels. Does that include salespeople? Uh, Yes, it does. Subscribe anytime to the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast on Apple, Audible, Spotify, almost anywhere you get your podcast. Listen to our episodes in our large and growing archive with new episodes each week. Monday evenings is when we drop a new episode for you. You will be encouraged, I promise. You will learn unexpected and valuable things because our guests are the very 
best. Remember, if you know somebody that you would like to hear as a guest on the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, it's not just all about how we select it. You can be a part of the, the you'd be part of it. Email me, FORD at RainmakerPathway.com. We hope you have a great week. We'd like to say this at Rainmaker Pathway all the time and on the Radio Rally. Once you have a radio station, you can get anything else that you want. I'll stand by that. If you need to know what that is, you call me up. I'll tell you about it anytime. We want to thank our special guest for this podcast event, Katie Reed. And uh, we'll just call her a Westerner now. Uh, we thank her for being a patient and giving guest. A very special thank you to Joe Kelly for producing the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, which will be available in minutes from the time that we recorded it. So it's always kind of fun. And thank you to JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing our podcast. Please do share our podcast, The Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast with others that you know are interested in growing their careers in audio. That includes radio people. That includes salespeople as well, because we do have sales events that we do on this podcast. Subscribe for free, Apple, Audible, Spotify, almost anywhere you can get your podcast. Please remember this. If you don't remember anything else, be kinder than you have to be. Thanks for being a part of the Encouragers and the Radio Rally. Good night.